0: Hey guys, how's it going? It's August, baby. Just so happy that football's finally back. We got our first preseason game on Thursday. So pumped. I got a lot to talk about today, uh, so I'll be getting into that now. And uh, I just want to say, I mean, this is my first time recording, you know, what seems like the beginning of the Upper Hand Fantasy podcast, whether this is on Anchor or iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Um, Really appreciate you taking the time out. You could be listening to anything. I appreciate you listening to this. Um, I plan on providing a lot of value throughout the season, throughout the offseason, uh, to help you out as much as I can. I try not to give answers. I try to give answers along with a lot of context, so you guys are equipped to make the right decisions throughout the year, make those start set decisions, um, and uh, you know who to pick up on the waiver wire, who to pick up as free agents, different strategies, like picking up free agents before their games in case of an injury, things like that. So, so I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of news now. So a little bit of news coming out of Lions camp. Tim Twentyman from the Detroit Lions website. Yep, that's his name, Twim, Tim Twentyman. Um, he reported that he expects Amir Abdullah to receive around 200 carries this year. Um, and that seems about appropriate, right? The Lions are a pass-first, pass-heavy offense. And that's kind of what we expected, isn't it? I mean, 200 carries seems about right for him. Now, the good thing is that he does bring value in the passing game. Um, the Lions pass it on first and second down, and if Abdullah's on the field, he's going to be getting those checkdowns. We know that Stafford likes to check it down. The running backs are a big part of the offense, and Abdullah is very, very capable. Now, just to give a little bit of perspective... 200 carries that's about the same amount of carries that mark ingram got you know spencer weir had 214 isaiah Crowell had 197 latavius murray had 195 he missed a few games though uh, terrence was at 193 so you're looking at that range however he's going to get those targets um, and he could do a lot with it so if you remember last year in week one Uh, Before he got injured week two. He had 12 carries for 63 yards. He had five targets. He caught all five of them for 57 yards with a touchdown. There was a stat uh, last year. I mean, you know, he only played a a game and a half, basically. He got injured in that second game. Uh, There was a stat by Pro Pro Football Focus that rated the most elusive running backs within those first two weeks. And he was the second most elusive running back to David Johnson. Now, that's a small sample size, obviously, but this is a pass-heavy offense. If he's on the field on first and second down, he can get a bunch of targets and opportunities. So if you combine those 200 carries with, I don't know, 75, 80 targets, maybe he catches 50 balls, you're looking at someone who's pretty valuable in PPR, and at the end of the fifth round, I'll scoop him up. Now, Theoretic, I mean, he's still going to be valuable. He's going to be in there on a lot of passing downs and on third down and he's still valuable in PPR, but he's, I think he's only valuable in PPR in the standard league. You're not really getting much out of him, you know, unless you're in a, you know, really deep league like a 14 team league or something like that. Uh, but in PPR leagues, I think the bigger value is Amir Abdullah this year. All right. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was Lance Dunbar in LA getting hurt. Now he's out indefinitely with a knee injury and, now, the reason why this is big news, usually Lance Dunbar isn't that fantasy relevant. However, he was supposed to come into Sean McVay's offense and be that third down pass catching specialist, just like how Sean McVay had um, Chris Thompson in Washington. A very similar role here. He likes that specialist guy. You know, we always want, you know, that workhorse running back. So we wanted Todd Gurley to be the guy on first, second and third down. And it seems like that might happen now. Uh, Lance Dunbar got hurt and who's going to take that responsibility it's probably going to be Gurley Gurley killed it in college in the passing game I really wonder what the reason is that coaches don't want to use Gurley in the passing game Jeff Fisher didn't want to use it but I just thought you know hey it's Jeff Fisher He does weird things. Um, Sean McVay now doesn't want to use him either, but I don't think he's gonna have a choice. I think throughout camp, throughout preseason, Gurley's gonna prove that he could take that role. Um, So if Gurley is the guy on third downs and in passing situations too, on top of the close of three hundred carries that he could get, I mean you're looking at a ridiculous value. You're looking at somebody who's gonna get a lot of touches. Yes, he was not efficient last year behind that offensive line in in this offense, but hey. Sean McVay, you know, he knows how to use his running backs. And, um, you know, I think he can get a lot out of Gurley. I'm looking at Gurley as a good value this year. He's going to get a lot of touches. And I think we can depend on those touches. I think in fantasy football, a lot of things aren't guaranteed. uh, But I think the touches for Gurley are guaranteed. So if we draft someone like that, at least we know we're getting somebody who can get 20 to 25 touches per game, especially if he's in the passing game. He's the last real workhorse being drafted. In PPR leagues, he's being drafted 209, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. So he's being drafted before Fournette, Lynch, Miller, Crowell. And we don't expect any of those guys going after Gurley to take the passing work. Fournette can. uh, It's very possible. um, But we just don't know that at this point. So if I'm at that spot, you know, if most of those receivers are taken, like if Jordy Nelson's taken, Michael Thomas is taken... um, does Brian's taken, and I'm left with guys like Doug Baldwin, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas, even at receiver. I think I'm going girly just based on volume alone. Another real interesting story coming out of Minnesota. So Latavius Murray started camp on the pup. Um, we know that. Now, what's interesting is that he said today, well, yesterday, really, he said that he has no timetable to return. He also said that he doesn't necessarily need practice or camp. He said, football's football, and he'll be able to come in and do what he does, even if he doesn't practice, for week one. Now, Mike Zimmer disagreed with that, and he said, and I quote, he's a smart guy. And then he proceeded to say he needed to get to practice. He needed to get to camp. Now, another interesting Thing is that dalvin cook mike zimmer said that dalvin cook is impressing his teammates on the field He's doing a good job in camp. He could take this job And even though they signed murray to a pretty decent sized contract Murray needs to see the field before he can really have a role in this team Murray even said that he doesn't know his role on this team So that's not a good sign going into camp The first preseason game is this week and he doesn't know his role in the team And he's can't see the field That's not a good sign. Cook can take this job. Now, eventually, will it be a committee? Sure. But instead of Cook being the 1A to the 1B in Murray, Cook can be the 1 to the 2 in Murray. That makes a big difference. If he can see the line share of the carries and the work and the passing game, I really think that Cook, with the Vikings' improved offensive line, Um, With the Vikings expected, I expect at least, to take a step forward this year. They showed some good signs last year, even though they weren't that great, but they were somewhat efficient. Um, And I think they can take a step forward, and Dalvin Cook can be a big reason why that happens. Now, Cook is going in the middle of the fifth round around guys like Gillisley, Doug Martin, Adrian Peterson, Amir Abdullah. Now, I like Dalvin Cook um in front of most of those guys martin's gonna miss a few weeks and he's not guaranteed his rollback even though i think he'll probably get it back because he's the most talented out of those guys and he supposedly looks really good right now if he keeps it up he'll probably get the job i think the gm is just trying to light a fire under him um you you know to balance out what the gm said a few weeks ago basically saying like he looks like his old self um meaning that you know, he's looking, he's looking really good. Um, but anyway, so I like him more than Martin. I like him more than AP just because we, we're unsure of what role he's going to have. Um, you know, he's going to be sharing the load with uh, Mark Ingram uh, so that there's a little bit of uncertainty there. Amir Abdullah, like I said, you know, I like him. He looks good, um, but he won't be getting the type of volume, I think, that someone like Dalvin Cook can get. So I like Dalvin Cook. They have a good defense. Um, they have a decent offensive line now. So I think that, you know, where he's going, he's a little bit of a value. So another thing that's coming out of Redskins camp here. So Jordan Reed, he's visiting a specialist for his toe. I think this is not good. Whenever you see a specialist, something's up. And we know Jordan Reed's history, right? He has a hard time staying on the field. He's a little bit of an injury prone guy. Um, And we can't draft him at this point. If your draft is today, I wouldn't draft Jordan Reed. Maybe if he drops tremendously, but he's going at the end of the fourth round right now. He's still not a value at that point with this injury. Now, if it turns out that his toe is completely fine, end of the fourth round is a really good value. I would love drafting him there because he creates a real differentiation at a position that most people wouldn't have an elite option in. That makes a difference on a week-to-week basis. However, with this injury, I'm staying away. So, Coach Todd Todd Bowles out of Jets camp, he said that Matt Forte tweaked his knee. Um, So, he's going to be day-to-day. What does that do for Bilal Powell? Not much. I mean, he's going to get those First reps, you know, for the next few days, weeks, or whatever, however long it takes Forte to heal up. You know, Forte's an old guy. They're probably going to take it easy on him in camp. Um, and we, you know, we still don't know what's going to happen. Is we you know when the season starts. Is Forte going to take most of the load? Is Powell going to take most of the load? Is it going to be an even split? We just don't know. There's a report that Forte is going to be the workhorse, but it's a little hard to believe with his age, with the Jets not going anywhere. Uh, pa- you know, Powell's not that young either. So it doesn't seem like either of them are. Really Really in their future plans, Um, but Powell does have a chance to stay on the Jets for a couple more years. So it would make a little bit more sense, especially with the way Powell ended the season last year on a great note. He was actually really good at the end of last year. Um, If you had him in the PPR league, he was killing it for you. Um, But Powell's somebody who can do a little bit of everything. He can run it in the middle. He can run it on the outside. He can catch the ball. Um, So if this injury lingers, uh, Powell will be a draft day value. Um, But I don't think that either of these guys are going to have extreme value unless the other one goes down. I'm kind of staying away from this backfield for the most part. So a little bit of news out of Colts camp. Andrew, is a report um, from – CBS, Jason Luck and Fora, he said that he's heard rumblings of Andrew Luck being placed on the pup to start the year. And what that means is that he would miss the first six weeks automatically. Now, that's not confirmed. And the GM even came out later that day and said that he will not be placed on the pup to start the year and he is on track to start week one. But we still don't know that for sure. He has started throwing, but. He hasn't started really doing much in camp, so we have to wait and see. If I'm drafting today, I'm not drafting Dante Moncrief or T.Y. Hilton because the risk is really big with Andrew Luck. Now, we've seen injuries with him linger throughout the season, and that's proved pretty bad for his his receivers. T.Y. Hilton kind of held it down a little bit, but for the most part, I can't draft those guys where they're being drafted right now. We really have to wait and see on Luck to see how he's doing. He has to get, you know, some good work in. If he's starting Week One and they say he's 100%, sure, I'll be, I'll be all in on on Hilton and, and Moncrief. But as of right now, can't do it. Interesting development out of Bengals camp that I haven't actually realized, but this has been out for a couple of days. Gio Bernard was a full participant in Bengals camp. He's back. Um, he tore his ACL in November, but and there was reports early on in the offseason that he might miss a couple games, and for me, that was like a clear indication that Joe Mixon would be the guy to easily come and take the job, um, especially if you know what Hill has been pretty ineffective the last couple years, um, and Mixon can come in, take over that job, take, take over the passing work from Gio. If he was missing work, he would take a little bit longer to come back and in, be integrated into the offense, so I thought it was Mixon's job. But now... If Gio's back, and on top of that, he looked good, too. Um, people are raving about him in camp. So, Mixon's being drafted, beginning of the fourth round, that's just way too high for me. In PPR, I, I'd rather even take someone like Daniel Woodhead, just because I know what kind of value he brings. There's just way too much wide receiver value at that point you know you have Alshon you have Jarvis Landry you have Devontae Adams Martavis Bryant Michael Crabtree um you have Allen Robinson even in that in that range Sammy Watkins a little higher so you know there are a bunch of other proven options that can get it done and we know that there's some elite talent there as well in Sammy Watkins potential elite if he doesn't get hurt obviously but I just can't draft Joe Mixon at that spot I would expect his his draft uh his ADP to go down a little bit you know, with this news that Geo's available and, and all good. And not only that, but Jeremy Hill can come in and take those goal line touches. He's had nine touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, nine touchdowns the last three years. So he gets it done at the goal line. So I don't see Mixon having much value. If Geo's there to take some passing work away, Hill is there to take the goal line carries away. I, I don't see much value in Mixon, especially where he's drafted, drafted out. He's being way overdrafted right now. Next year, maybe the year after that. I mean, probably next year, but we can't expect Mixon to come in and just take over this backfield. Um, you know, if he was being drafted in the sixth, seventh, eighth round, I mean, you know, we could see um, the value there. But right now, this year, it doesn't seem like he's going to get the lion's share of the work. So, as I was recording this, uh, there's an article on ESPN from ESPN staff writer Alton Gonzalez. Uh, who reported about Sean McVay actually talking about Todd Gurley as a receiver. Basically, McVay is saying like he's very talented, and he could definitely see increased reps in the passing game. Um, and basically, his idea is just to not wear him out throughout the season. That's the reason why he wants that third down passing specialist, um, just to give Gurley some breaks. But it seems like he's going to give him a chance at this point. All right. Thanks, guys. That's it for today. I'm going to wrap this up now. See you guys tomorrow.